1: Hello and welcome to another episode of In the Details, a celebration of nuance where, you know, each weekish, I queen out on all of the acting choices, micro-moments, and magic in the minutia that make a scene great. My name is Colin Drucker, your name is Barbara Bell Geddes, and this week is less of a queen out on acting choices, micro-moments, and magic in the minutiae, and more of a playlist, a recommendation, a potential Halloween weekend movie marathon that I feel is maybe perfectly themed, in my very humble opinion, uh, for this year and this weird chapter we're in. And we'll get into that in a second. But I did want to at least just mention that I watched Halloween Kills. And, you know... uh, uh, years ago on this podcast the first Halloween came out in 2018 and I was so excited about it I was planning my first month of spooky nuances and I I was going to do this whole episode right around Halloween all about the, the evolution of Lori Strode from final girl to final woman and the new Halloween being you know this uh, this perfect conclusion you know what I mean and then I watched it and I was like, oh, no, oh, uh, it's not. No, no, it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. Like it was it was very much Great British Bake Off. You know, it's a little doughy in the middle. Maybe it'll be fine. You know, like it was I was just I was just hoping Paul Hollywood wouldn't notice essentially in this situation. But it was terrible. And what really, of course, helped cement that was listening to, you know, of course, one of my absolute favorite podcasts, Gaylords of Darkness. And they just dissected it in, in 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 a way that was such catharsis and was so clarifying and was so, you know, come towards the light Carol Ann for me. I was Carol Ann in that situation. They were the light. And in a good way. Sometimes the light wasn't good in Poltergeist, but this was a good light. And I then from there, you know, tabled my plans for the Halloween episode and got my feelings out in, you know, some episode about, you know, Lori Strode as the final woman. I'm sure maybe it's worth listening to if you haven't. I don't know, whatever. But here we are a few years later. I did not have a whole episode planned about Lori Strode, but indeed Halloween kills came out and it was this was paul hollywood would not want me to even bring this bake up to the table that's how bad it was i wouldn't get a handshake i would get a slap to the face it was it was the, it was the stupidest movie i'd ever seen it made the 2018 halloween look like 1978 halloween Sure enough, to the rescue, Gaylords of Darkness basically posted a Hot Takes episode right after watching it. And just once again, came to the rescue, brought the light, brought the clarity, brought the catharsis. So I, I don't know what to tell you about this movie. I hated it. I, it was everything I'd hate about a movie, except for air guitar. It was the air guitar of movies. But I would say that if you really want to hear a discussion that I think is, you know, says it all. I would say, go listen to their episode. You know, it's it, at this point, it's, I think like two weeks ago, but you'll see in the description there, you know, that I don't remember the title of the episode, but anyway, uh, isn't that great? You know, recommend something and you don't even know the name of it, but you should be listening to all their episodes anyway. So like, you know, jokes on you. Just keep listening until you find it. I, I just hated it. So, that's my review of how I'm not going to do a whole episode talking about it. I'm not, I have no feelings to get out. I just, I don't know, maybe the past couple of years just, you know, wore me down where I'm just like, you know what? I don't have room. I don't have room in the van for this, whatever the van is. So maybe that is leading us to the point of this week's episode, which was this idea I've been kind of, you know, I uh, tooling around with in my notepad app on my phone for a couple of weeks and my big takeaway from the past you know two years whatever this experience has been is that it's all felt like a fucking fever dream there are days where i'm like what is reality and remember when it wasn't this because i don't Uh, So there's that. There's that kind of being stuck in this weird nebulous in-between of like, I don't really remember the past. And I don't really know what the future looks like. And some days the present is just goopy. I hope I'm not alone in that. And so there's that. There's that feeling. And then I feel like there is what comes with that. I know for myself has just been a, 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 a nostalgia. Like, a real nostalgia for, and maybe this is just me becoming an older gay man where I'm just kind of like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, remember our movie stars and like putting campy movie posters on my wall as living room art. Like I, coffee table books, you know, kitsch, you know, tchotchkes. It's, It's happening, you know, it's all happening. And maybe that is, but so maybe this is a personal thing or maybe this is a little more global, but there's just a, a nostalgia, and I feel like for me, the nostalgia is specific to, you know, going to the video store when I was a kid and perusing the horror movie aisle and just scanning the movie boxes and just the VHS cover art and and the analysis that I would do of the description and the pictures on the back, and that's all you had to work with, and like the feeling of renting a movie that didn't have any pictures on the back, you had like no sense of what you were getting into and then there would be these movies that you'd rent, and it was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, is this actually a movie, or did someone come into the easy video? Did someone come slip into this West Coast video, um, you know, or a Blockbuster, whatever? Did, did someone come in and, like, replace the VHS? You know what I mean? Did, is this, is this a, a haunted videotape situation? What am I watching? That's the inspiration of the Fever Dreams and VHS Movie Marathon that we're going to run through, you know, right quick today on this week's episode. It's up to you, you know, if you want to do the whole thing, if you want to curate, you know, I'm not checking. Here's how it's going to go. Uh, All of these movies should be, and I don't know, this is based on my experience living in, you know, the United States. But all of these movies should be accessible on YouTube. And if not YouTube, maybe Tubi? Boy, Tubi's a weird app. They have such a weird catalog. And sometimes the movies are a little glitchy, and sometimes the ads, I'm like, ugh, enough with the ads. So to kick things off, I think you should start with 1983's The Deadly Spawn. First,
0: there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is The Deadly Spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now, they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. I something. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning.
1: It's a very low-budget alien invasion movie. The reason to watch it is that it all takes place on like one rainy afternoon in the suburbs of New Jersey. And there is a scene of a bunch of older women having a luncheon who are getting attacked by a bunch of alien slugs. And it's just like, I cannot believe this is happening. I just can't believe this is happening. It's so bonkers the special effects are certainly special but very effective the acting is variable it it is that early 80s low budget quality that I don't know I just I think it is a great way to kick off this marathon I think it puts you in the headspace for the rest of these movies and honestly the deadly spawn is so much fun I love this movie so that's my recommendation to start Once you are now in the mood, I think there's a nice double feature coming up here. Neither of them are particularly gratuitous, but both of them are very unsettling, and it's all in the vibe, and and what makes them intriguing is just the overall feeling of the movie versus what's happening in the movie, if that makes sense. So I also put these early in the marathon well You know, you and potentially the people you're watching these movies with, not that you need to, because maybe maybe it's best to do these alone, especially once it gets weirder later. But while you're still fresh, you know, whatever provisions you want to provide through this experience are up to you you want to smoke a little pot, you want to get drunk, you want to do something else. Who who am I? I'm not Mrs. Garrett. I'm not checking. So, the early in the the early in the night double feature is 1973's The Baby, followed by 1981's The Pit. There wasn't enough room in Toyland to escape the terror that rocked baby's cradle. True
0: baby, life was not a giant playpen. It was a living hell. He wasn't allowed to walk,
1: he wasn't allowed to talk, but he was capable of it. Baby is a full-grown man, trapped by three women with no way out. The Baby, a Scotia international relief. I think
0: I'm gonna tell her about the things. The secret. Be careful, Jamie, careful. I know where there's a huge hole in the ground.
1: Big hole in the ground? And at the bottom of the hall, down in the dark there's some things at this point things are things are good and weird but i also feel like you've had to pay attention a bit in those last two movies and now i think it's time to move into the the portion of the evening where Maybe you don't pay attention to the entire movie. Maybe you get up and get a snack. Maybe you go outside for a smoke. And in most of these movies, it doesn't fucking matter. It's really the sum of its parts. And so I think that's an important part of if you're going to do an extensive movie marathon like this. And again, I'm not recommending this. uh, You know, pick and choose. Uh, this is just an episode of a podcast. Do with it what you will. You know what I mean? But uh, I think it's important in this situation to you know remember where your audience is at at this point. So that brings us to 1989's Grandmother's House.
0: The rooms in this old house are filled with dark secrets. The shadows are filled with danger. The night is filled with horror. David and Lynn have been sent to live at grandma's house. They may as well have been sent straight to hell.
1: And this is about these two teenagers who their mother had died when they're young, their father passes away. They're sent to live with their grandparents in this, you know, remote farm. And there is some crazy shit going on in the basement. And the reality is, not that I want to spoil anything, they're calling it grandmother's house, but she is not the she is not the biggest issue. Uh, I think the grandfather is more of a concern, but that's you know that's just my review. Anyway, the reason to watch Grandmother's House is oh man, it's this is kind of like the 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 flu medicine is kicking in, and I think part of it is because there's a lot of daytime horror. There's a lot of daytime chase scenes and. Um, there's like an extended sequence of the kid like being stuck on the roof of the house and there's these weird friends who come to visit that are just like bizarre and you know national lampoons vacation characters it's it's all so strange and yet I when I, I every time I've watched it I just can't look away it's I think what I like the most about these kind of movies is when I it gets unpredictable. I'm like, I really don't know what is going to happen next or who's going to survive. Like, I don't trust this movie. And and not in a way of like, oh, I'm afraid they're going to kill a cat in front of me because like that should not happen in any of these movies. As far as I'm concerned, I don't believe any animals die in any of them, but you might want to do a quick does the dog die just in case because the Deadly Spawn... There might be an off-screen death. I don't remember. Anyway, on the topic of movies that uh, become sort of unpredictable, our next movie is this, I don't know if it's obscure, but it, it's kind of, it's so unnecessary, I suppose, is, is the word for it. it. It doesn't add anything to the genre, and yet there's something about it, there's one thing about it that I'm obsessed with. It is 1987's Twisted Nightmare, this is an incredibly generic slasher about a bunch of quote-unquote teenagers who all attended this summer camp together when they were younger, Camp Paradise, which, I guess fun fact, um, all of this takes place and took place and was filmed on the same location as Friday the 13th, Part 3. So that's kind of fun. But anyway, they're all at this camp. And in one flashback, we see all of them But we don't see any kids. I'm not clear if these are counselors because they're also very old in this flashback. Anyway, this is part of the fever dream. So anyway, they all attended this camp. They all get this invitation to return uh, for a reunion. But a couple years ago, someone died tragically. His sister is now kind of, you know, maybe hosting this reunion.
0: Matthew's body was never found. I saw him burning. Nobody could live through that. How did it happen? Nobody knows for sure. But the really weird thing about it is, nothing else in the barn was burned. Only Matthew. After that, we never saw each other much. Laura spent some time in the hospital. And the rest of us just want to forget about what happened. Then the invitation came. And Jennifer and I thought, hey, what the hell?
1: And then, you know, one by one, and there's like 14 of them, they start getting killed off. What I like about this movie is, besides the fact that the acting is, oh, my God, oh, my God, profoundly terrible, and the music is, is this... what I love and have always loved about this movie and why it's on the list is that you have no idea who's going to survive. So the only spoiler I'll give you is that somebody does survive this movie, but it's kind of a fun game of like looking at the entire cast at the beginning and picking out who you think it's going to be. Because I found it surprisingly unpredictable. And then, to be honest with you, then I got a little high I got a little high. I maintained a high that I've had, you know, at least since I left my day job, and watched it again, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so profound why that person survived. And it's so stupid that this dumb movie had such a smart little plot point. So that's, it may seem like a weird inclusion, but this is a great movie to keep on the list. It's a great movie to have on your catalog, and it's on YouTube. So now that we're, we have now, we're getting into a hazy part of the evening, now we're getting real weird. And we're getting to a movie that I'm de- definitely not recommending, but I think should be on the list. And it's 1983's Blood Beat. And what I can tell you is it, a, it is about a, the ghost of a samurai attacking and killing a family in Wisconsin during Christmas? A ghost, a ghost, a devil, a
0: devil, a poltergeist, a poltergeist. Call it what you will what you will. It lives, it lives, it breathes, it breathes. You'll be paralyzed it with fear. Paralyzed. With fear as it kills, as it kills, as it mutilates. mutilates anyone in its the anyone in its public says
1: So yeah, I think that pretty much explains uh, why this movie is on the list. But if you need uh, any more reason, the mother in this movie—you have to see the the poncho that she's wearing. This is a Halloween costume. But you know, then there's I mean, she's she looked she's kind of like um, Shelley Duvall's stunt double. So this one is just some weird shit, and I think is a great entrance to my favorite part of the list. This is there's ten movies on this list, so do again, do either what you will. Also, this is just an episode of a podcast, but this brings us to in the metaphorical movie marathon I've created here. This is that we've gotten to the weird part of the evening. It's really the whole reason we're doing this. It's like you know when people are doing like weightlifting and they say it's really about the last few reps. That's where the real work happens. Well, folks, we are in the last few reps. It's about to get really flu-y, really thera-flu-y. Have you ever have you ever taken theraflu oh my god it it is listen i've i've done mushrooms i've taken ayahuasca i've done acid none of them compare to theraflu so you do with that what you will and i think that brings us to 1983's sledgehammer now we're gonna have some real fun hey an all right, that's what we're waiting for. You you have. Hey, let's get started. Put your shoes oh, on. Yeah, quiet, oh, quiet, quiet. I'm talking about a seance. Now, this is a movie. You are free to get up and go make nachos, and you will miss nothing at different points of this movie. There's a very long food fight. It, it's There is so much filler. But, oh, my God, I think if you stick with it, so this is like the first shot on video horror movie and it I think anything shot on video there's just something about it that I I don't want to say doesn't work but doesn't work as well like you suddenly appreciate the the importance of film so that brings us back to Sledgehammer filmed on video has a really like I feel like the whole movie has just like a marshmallow glaze on it but You know, it's, uh, I I think it's a good one to have in the catalog. And it sets us up for a movie that I recently finally rewatched and have actually talked about on this podcast before on the Bonkers Movie Endings episode. I think it was actually the number one Bonkers Movie Ending. So now let's fill in the gaps. It's 1985's Horror House on Highway 5.
0: Horror House on Highway 5. They were young and in love. He was crazy. She was dead. You know Jason in Friday the 13th. Now meet Bartholomew. What's wrong with you? You just ran that guy over. You must have a low IQ. You you can't be dead. You can't
1: be alive. I, I will say this. I think the ending is really the, the, the crab meat and the claw. Uh, it's really the best part of the movie. The rest of it is... I don't know what to make of it. I definitely like I feel like this is the kind of movie that you, you could you could close your eyes for a few minutes just to kind of get a little, you know, a restorative nap in, come back, it's fine. No big deal. Um, But don't miss the ending, because it's just, oh, my God, I just love it. And so at this point in the evening, we should be, you know, dawn's approaching in maybe a couple hours, and I think if you are really sleep-deprived and pretty drunk and maybe kind of high, Um, maybe you got a little bit of a nap in during one of the last two movies I think this is a great time to watch 1981's Don't Go in the Woods for
0: some people a simple warning is never enough by the time Alma heard it, it was too late something's out there in the woods and it's killing people Joni never thought it could happen to her Ingrid and Peter couldn't believe it happened to them something's out there waiting. Something a little bit wild and crazy. For some people, a simple warning is never enough. It's your decision. If you want it chopped off, just take it to the woods. Remember, the call of the wild is the last thing on earth you want to hear. Don't go in the woods. It's coming soon For some people, a simple warning is
1: never enough, and this is a movie that i I've loved for a very long time. I think it is a classic of the genre of movies that feel like fever dreams. I think it is almost the patron saint of these movies. But I think this is, and and it's almost worth being the last one on the list, but there's a reason it's not. I think it's a real sweet spot here. And if you have not watched Don't Go in the Woods, this is a great time to experience it. If you have watched Don't Go in the Woods, this is a great time to experience it. And at this point, I love the idea that maybe just a little bit of the sun is coming up. And I think that, like just a wee bit, and that's a great time, maybe... The sun's gonna come up up in 20 minutes. I, I take that back. It's gonna come up in 20 minutes. But that is a great time at the tail end of the night when things have gotten their fluiest and their fever dreamiest and their soupiest and their goopiest. That is when you should put on 1987's The Last Slumber Party. The Last Slumber Party, where the girls are dying for a good time. This movie's terrible. You can go to bed and maybe you'll wake up and you'll catch like the last 10 minutes of it. This movie is so fucking weird. But the reason it's at the end of the list is because the end of the movie feels like the end of what the end of this all should feel like. It's like the next morning and everything's kind of weird. And the way that it ends oh my God. I just think this is it. I think this is a great little, you know, a little pastry dessert at the end of a big meal. And that, my friends, is the Fever Dreams on VHS Movie Marathon. I think the next step from there is to sleep the rest of the day away and, um, you know, bounce back the day after that. Or, you know, push on through. But I hope some of this inspires you for this Halloween weekend. If you've got any movie nights planned. Or maybe these are movies you haven't seen or heard of before. And you're looking for something that feels about as weird as all of the past couple years have felt. So... um that's about as deep as it gets, my friends. That's the idea. I just want to talk about these 10 movies very briefly. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of those or what you would add to this list. What are your favorite fever dreams? There are so many that I'm missing, but I also wanted to be very specific that it was fever dreams and VHS, you know, and like, cause otherwise like the Japanese movie house would be, you just play that over and over. You know what I mean? I just saw that recently, but maybe I'll talk about that in another episode. In the meantime, because I'm wrapping things up here. I'm wrapping things up. Um, you know, here it is. Here, you know, play the music. In the meantime, if you've got any thoughts or any questions or any ideas or anything at all, you should drop me an email at in the details pod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Of course, you can find me every single week on the best supporting podcast and All Right Mary. And. I do have some episodes planned for November. I think I've probably got two episodes that are going to come out next month. And if there's more than that, well, surprise, surprise. But this has been a fun month of spooky nuances. But I wish you a happy Halloween. And uh, well, Brenda, what do you say? That's it, baby. You heard the lady. That's it. See ya.